Welcome to Two Takes on a Pod. My name is Osai, and this is my podcast where I take on themes exploring culture and society as seen by an everyday Nigerian in diaspora. So on this episode, I sit down with Ayodeji Adeyemi, also known as The Honest Guy. He's just dropped his first EP, Love Songs for No One. And he also has a new single called Let's Get Blown. That dropped on April 23rd, three days after April 20. So I think you get the gist there. So I've known Ayodeji for a while and didn't know how uh, involved he was in the music until more recently. So I was really excited to have a conversation with him and kind of unpack where he's at. So when we sat down, we explored how he started making music. Um, Though we got into his experiences with love and how they informed the music that he's making. One important anecdote to add, though, is that when I went to his show last year, he does these brief intermissions that provide a bit of a backstory to the tracks that he's performing and how to get to that. There are some spicy stories that you don't want to miss. Anyway, as the conversation continues, we unravel the challenges that he's had to overcome in love and music. Um, We get to what keeps him motivated and inspired and ultimately what he's hoping to achieve um, as, he ch- um, as he goes down this, uh, this, this career. Um, this is a really fun conversation, guys. It's filled with stories, reflection, and a healthy dose of honesty, something you can be sure to expect from the honest guy. Did I say it's also layered with some of his featured music? This conversation, just layered with R&B music on the background, is just chef's kiss. I can't, I can't say much more. You don't want to miss this one. Enjoy. Been reaching out to call you man. I tried at least a hundred times. Seem to ignore the signs. I know something is wrong with my mind. It thinks about you all the time. And I know that it won't make it, won't make no sense. Cause it don't make no sense to love you. Sitting down with Ayodeji. Uh, by the way, is your, I didn't know your name was Mubarak. Yeah, that, that was interesting. Mubarak. Yeah, that's actually my first name. Mubarak's my first name. 
the ayos really my general name no one really calls me i mubarak except like the government so if, if I went <laughs> so a lot of times on my or like when i was working full-time i need mubarak so i knew that whenever somebody mentioned mubarak i'd have to keep that's my serious face you know yeah <laughs> yeah honestly i, so I, I was that. like yeah. think uh yeah I, I screwed up um uh at work and i i used my middle name which is which is adam and oh. uh yes yeah and I'm, i've been like trying to <laughs> i've been trying to like suppress the name ever since but like they will not let it go <laughs> yeah like adam they, but, they uh, keep calling adam sorry they keep calling adam yeah actually. yeah so like you know especially like through work emails like you just get you hear adam from nowhere and it's like what yeah. um but you know uh your fans would know you as uh the honest guy Yes. right um, and you just dropped your first ep it's called love songs to no one which i think is a really interesting name yeah. um i feel like uh through your music you communicate love vulnerability and a little bit of lust in the music right so i i want to i want to just get your perspective on you know r&b in general the genre uh some of your major influences and what ultimately helped you find your sound uh uh i, I think there's also interesting topics in there like you know, the idea of you developing as an artist um, and, you know, dealing with, you know, maybe some of the stigma that come from uh, the Nigerian community, not necessarily here, but, you know, with family and, you know, sometimes friends as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah uh, I guess the first thing I want to just say is, uh, you know, I listened to the project. I love it. It's amazing. And anybody who's out there should definitely go check out the EP Love Songs for No One. Um, and it's by The Honest Guy. And I, yo, I I gotta ask, um, the honest yeah. guy. How did you land on that name? Um, I I I live used to live with a bunch of friends in in an apartment, and we would, we were kind of like the life of the party. We always do like parties and stuff. And after the parties, people would kind of like stay onto the next day. You know what I mean? We would all people like people we didn't know sometimes would just be in the house, like in our in our condo, and they'd be like, sometimes they'd be like ten people on a weekend. Right. And, you know, the next day we're making breakfast, we're having conversation and, you know, it would always be t like, you know, there'd always be the, you know, the classic male versus female perspective conversations. And I think there's things that as guys, we don't say to women, but in terms just because we know it's never received well and it's not the <laughs> ideal, you know, I, I feel like even without saying that, you you know those kind of topics when you're saying about, this is just the way men think and, you know, it never really yeah. cuts across. Yeah. And I would always be a person that would say it because I'm like, why would I tell a lie? And then, you know, everybody just started calling me the honest guy. And then I just, just clicked for me. And I was, you know, in terms of my music, when I started writing, I just felt like, I'm not writing about the things that R&B artists right now talk about. You know, I find, you know, this Chris Brown has one of the most like, you know, the, the, the whole Zane Loyal song, you know, that's not what I'm going to write about. I'm not going to write about spending money in a strip club because that's not me. So I always wanted to write things about that were honest to me. And so, you know, that kind of leads the way um, for people to hear it, that I'm just going to say it from my honest perspective. It might not be right. It might not be the most ideal thing to say but it's just going to be honest you know so I, that gives me a brand that people can count on right and, and and it's it's essentially capturing your essence it seems as well right so it's uh it's how you communicate in real life and and i, I guess ultimately it's also how you communicate through your music yeah um yeah i'm i'm 
I'm curious though. Okay, so I want to go all the way back, right? Um, I'm always yeah. curious how artists get into music because we hear it all around us, you know, growing up. We soak, um, we soak up some of the music from the people around us, whether it's our parents, siblings, cousins. Um, what would you say uh, resonated with you growing up when, you know, what eventually stuck and and, and why? I, I just, I think from the, like, and I know everyone says this, from, like, from as far as I can remember, music has just always been it for me. And um, even my, like, uh, my mom was telling me about how, like, I'd pretty much sit, like, they'd, my mom and dad would, would have all dinner and I'd be like a kid, and just, you know, eating, and I would sing to them. And if they didn't sing along, I would start crying. And I would do that constantly, <laughs> so my dad would not. So my dad, would not, so my dad would avoid eating dinner because he, or breakfast, or whatever. I'd been at the dining table because he knew that I would sing a song, and then I'd make them sing. And I don't even know what the song was. I don't even know what that memory is. <laughs> but that's just how far along I feel like I have. I say I have an affinity to melody. You know, there's people who have an, who are very numbers people. They love seeing numbers. I think right. for me, I love melody. I almost know when I listen to a song, I know what. I know what the next melody is going to be that would make the song be justified. Do you, I don't know if you understand what I mean. Like it's I almost see. like, yeah, it's almost like you know how people are um, OCD. Like I'm like OCD about melodies. So whenever I hear a song, I know what melody is going to come next because I've kind of studied it over time. Um, right. But in terms of what stuck, I, I I used to go to Houston also when I was younger. Um, every summer and my cousins would have cassettes of like R&B music and I would just I would steal it and then go back to Nigeria and get in trouble with my parents because I stole it but all I wanted to do was be close to R&B you know and and for me just um, when I first heard like Casey and Jojo you know that Mm. changed it for me you know I think that would have been the beginning of my absolute love for for r&b music right and and was it always r&b that that resonated with you or was it you know just kind of you know was it everything you know anything else or was r&b that essentially just kept calling and pulling you in even like the music uh, the songs that you were maybe reciting as a kid uh you know when <laughs> when you're interrupting your dad's breakfast and, and see to be honest i'm pretty sure it was probably r&b Cause my mom is like she does. My mom is like the opposite for me. She has no. She's she's like very off key. She sings, <laughs> and I think she it's almost she can't avoid it. So she we kind of laugh at it now as we have got older. <laughs> but I think right. she calls me. She's like you know I love Teddy Pendergrass or Penzi Penderham. She called him, but she's Teddy Pendergrass. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure she's played all these songs for me that I absolutely love. For me, right, Luther Vandross, right? Because you know Luther we Vandross, love our Luther Vandross in Nigeria. Yeah, Luther Vandross, Celine Dion. So it's always been things in that sense. I think even as I've gotten older, I've kind of done more alternative kind of music in terms of like my listening but it's always been more like r&b and even when it's not been r&b it's been some facet of it like i i've always loved john mayer but when i watch listen to a john mayer documentary his kind of like love has been r&b and blues so it kind of it's almost like a 360 it's like it's it's always the sphere of r&b for me right 
and and you can also see how that's evolved you know before that right with you know with the you know, i guess temptations and all these classic artists where like they were essentially creating it but it was just wasn't like maybe specifically i guess i guess that's when it really started right like yeah absolutely. 70s like they were calling like rhythm and blues and then like it just kind of evolved and like and evolved into essentially what we're seeing today right yeah i i always think r&b is that like disrespected grandpa <laughs> you know when you're a kid and you're, you're your grandpa he's like you're playing with your grandpa but you're not you're not taking him seriously you're like playing right. with him whatever but he kind of has this family tree like that you everybody you love is from this grandpa but you don't you only think of him to give you candy and sweets but i think r&b is like right. r&b essentially birth um melodic rap funk music soul music blues Amy Winehouse to John Mayer, you know, even essentially some of the pop music that we're listening to, right? Because there was a point in time where R&B mm-hmm. was pop. So, yeah. Right. right. Still kind of, yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess it still kind of sort of is, but not really, right? Like different temples yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's actually a great analogy. You know, it's like the grandpa that birthed, like, basically the modern sound, right? Or what we Mark, kind of exactly. essentially call pop music. You're barely going to find a top 10 without some melodic influence, you know, or some R&B influence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it's just people don't call it that a lot of times. Like people don't call Drake an R&B artist because he obviously does a lot of rapping. But, you know, even God's plan, God's plan, God, he's essentially singing it, right? It, 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 you, you could take that and make it an R&B song at some point if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think that's his cheat code, right? Like he, he somehow found a way to blend you know r&b and hip-hop and 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 do it quite beautifully <laughs> you know he, he he seems to have a really good sound for melodies as well and be able to infuse it like it, you know whether it's singing whether it's rapping like it, it i think it doesn't even essentially matter at this point you know he's just been able to infuse it in a way that i think uh hip-hop and r&b where is essentially heading towards right like the 2000s there's a lot of like hip-hop r&b Right, like with yes. like Avant and Joe and all these guys, where you know there's a lot of like there's a there's an 808 there's bass in, in the background, right? And it's just like yeah. you know if you remember, like that's where we always had like the R and B hip hop collapse. So yeah, exactly. Um, I want to talk about how you kind of evolve from that appreciation of like the music and like deciding that okay, I'm gonna start testing this out, right? So clearly, you're already singing at the table with your family. Uh, yeah. How how is this evolving into something? you know, maybe more than just what you're doing for fun or, you know, or around friends and family? Yeah. So even in high school, I was in the choir and all that, but I've never been the guy that, you know, women were fawning over about my voice. You know, I've I've always been good enough to get by when I was in high school. Um, So like good enough to like impress, but not, I I wasn't like, you know, the Chris Brown, you know what I mean? Um, But I, I just, once I got to Canada, I started, um, I would just bike to work and I'd hear a song. And like I said, I feel like I know what melodic justice is. So a lot of times mm-hmm. I would hear a song and and I would create my own song by the time I, like the three minutes ended. So it's almost like I would hear, uh, listen to like a, a Tony Braxton song or a Babyface song. And then I'd hear the melody and hear the lyrics, but I would kind of like zone out the lyrics from the melody and create my own melody to it. So I kept doing that all the time. And I was always just doing that as this game, you know, how much, how many songs can I play on my playlist now? Or I would, you know, I wouldn't know what, because I'm biking or walking, I wouldn't know what the next song would be. So I'd be, it's almost like the way rappers freestyle over like right. a beat. If you listen to like, uh, what's the guy with the big, with the braids? 
Sway. You know how sometimes this, he does the five fingers of death. Right. So, yeah, so he's universe. Yeah. So he Sway as universe. He has this thing called the five fingers of death. It means it's Yeah, no, I know exactly five. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he plays five songs, five beats, and then you kind of have to match your freestyles. It doesn't matter what it is. He can play you an R&B beat or even a folk beat or whatever. Um, so I would pretty much do that with myself. And I was consistently, consistently doing that. Um, and then at one day, um, I was seeing somebody and I was absolutely crushed, you know, and I just, I wrote a song. And, and for me, it was the first time I'd ever written something and completed it. And off a beat that was in somebody else's beat that I could kind of build off of. I, I found a beat on SoundCloud and I pretty much finished the song and I finished it in 20 minutes um, in, wow. in a friend's house. And it wasn't something I wrote down. And it just kind of like I did it and I stored it. And I never really thought it seriously until I kept doing it all the time, all the time, all the time. And um, I just thought. So, wait, like, did you only do this, um, you know, when you like the feelings uh, rose up, or was it just kind of like you're like, oh, this is cool, I'm going to just keep trying this again and again? At first, it was only when the feelings came up, and then I met a, mm-hmm. my, a couple my friends now. Um, one of them, Raphael, and the other one, Edward, and they. One Raphael is like a DJ slash producer. I mean, he was a producer, but um, but I think he, he DJs most most often now. Um, so for me, when I met them, I was like, oh, guys, you, this, you know, just like a party trick. Like, oh, I do this too, you know. And then they started sending me beats and then I would freestyle. And I would, um, started doing it co- more consistently, but more to like prove that I could do it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and um, just and sometimes we'd be at a party, uh, like these kind of parties. And there'll be times when we're just chilling and somebody would play a beat. And they'd be like, oh, I, let's make a song, you know. And I would just do it while like I had people around me. And then... The more I did it, the more I fell in love with it, and um, I start. I went to do my. I recorded my first song, and then I just realized. I I don't know if we're gonna lead into this, but then I started working a nine to five, and then while working the nine to five, I would consistently be making songs. Like on my way to, to work, I would do it, and then sometimes I'd be in a meeting with, and I was a, I was a financial advisor, so I would be in a meeting, and I would. Tickets, like, you know, say I need to use the washroom and I'll go to the washroom just because I heard a melody that I had to record on my phone and a voice memo. And then it just became a thing where um, I read the book, The Alchemist on Vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I when I was reading too, the, uh, By Paulo yeah. Coelho, right? Yeah. And it's weird because the people who read it um, at different points in their lives and it makes an absolute difference for them. And the people who read it and didn't change nothing, they didn't be like, oh, I don't need, the story was boring. But for yeah, me, you're, <laughs> yeah, you start to realize, you start to ask yourself if you're the kid, you know, or if you're the uh, the merchant who was, the, the tea merchant, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the tea exactly. merchant who wanted to go on pilgrimage and like just oh, never went. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's funny. Yeah, I think about that a lot too. Oh man. So it's, it's very, so, and, and then I, I, I got, I got a car and I was doing Uber and I was like, and that became more of a thing where I started meeting random people and I was realizing that there were people who the greatest burden is to have a gift and not fulfill it. Do you care what I mean? Like, Cause I just felt, but if there are people who didn't have any like ambitions, right. And they were happy because they didn't have any ambitions going to work was just their life. And that's not saying anything bad to them, but I feel like just as the book says, there's particular people in life that, God or the nature puts 
a, a particular like calling on. And I feel like those people who follow it, you might go through hardship, but it, there's a little bit of joy in those people. And then the people who, who find it and they never follow it, it's almost like knowing there's gold in your backyard and you never got, you never, you knew there was gold in your backyard and you never got to dig it because you've been saying one day I will, one day I will, and then one day the government just takes over the land. Like that would be the greatest right. regret, right? So I feel like I I just felt like, you know, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have a mortgage. Um, the biggest risk I can be is to myself. And it's like, why wouldn't I pursue this? And, you know, it's been like a year and a half doing it. Um, doing it, mm-hmm. it's putting all my all into it. And to be fair with you, it's been rough, like very hard, but I don't regret it. I almost, I almost feel like there was, this is just what it would have been and what it should have been. And this is what I had to face. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But I hundred percent yeah, I, I, understand. I hundred percent understand exactly what you mean. Um, I think, you know, sometimes you, you start to recognize that this thing is, you know, from what it sounds like, from what, from what you're telling me, it's like, it's, it's, it's literally pouring out of you you know what i mean and uh at some point you basically have to engage it for your peace of mind you know what i mean uh, i yeah. think i think that's what happens with with really you know i think with artists and with really great artists because like um you're so in touch with your craft or your or your thing that uh you know it's not you're not doing this for you know you know i guess people would say clout you're not doing this for attention you're doing this because you just need to get it out you know, and, you know, you, you care so much about this thing, like, because, you know, it's, it, you know, it's almost like you, you're, you have a self-driven direction. It, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's really kind of coming all out of you as opposed to you looking for anything else. So I'm curious, like, um, were you able to like, you know, did you feel like you got support when you were, you know, you're chasing this thing and you're saying like, okay, the past year and a half, you've really doubled down and like put everything into it. Um, did you receive support as you developed or, you know, as you kind of tried to figure it out? I mean, I think it's really cool that um, your friends um, were essentially supporting and encouraging you and like kind of, you know, putting you in the spot, understanding, you know, what you do, what you, um, you know, how you feel about it. Uh, yeah. How, I wanna, I'm curious how, like, was there any support? Did you have any, like, you know, maybe mentors or de facto mentors who were just people who helped inspire you to continue de- um, developing your sound? Um, you know, it's funny. I, and, I, you know, it's part of that, I guess, you know, you hear about it and it's the classic story, right? Of when people say, I am, I'm pursuing a goal and they tell you, oh, you know, your friends are going to leave you and, and your family might, might turn on you. And, you know, you might, there's going to be many lonely nights and, you know, you just think, oh, maybe this is something, somebody's story and not going to be mine. And it's right. funny how, the same people who supported me doing music and, and were like, just, um, and like, you know, just excited when I would do it for fun because they could participate. Um, I feel like one moment I started doing it for like, seriously, all of those people just kind of left. And I, it was like the loneliest, the loneliest, like part, the loneliest in my life, especially from like a male, for my male friends. I felt like I, at that point it was like, man, I wasn't receiving any support. Um, I was receiving support, but it wasn't the support I needed. Do you get what I mean? I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Then, was, it, was, was it that the, 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 was it kind of like an expectation that was pushed on you? So, you know, maybe they were trying to support, but they just didn't know how to support. Or do you feel like the relationship or the dynamics changed once you kind of turned, you know, turned your energy on towards it? I think it changed. And I think it's one of those things where people were like, 
how dare you try to do this like you know what i mean and not try to do like do want to do it 100 percent because it's almost like they also went some of those some of the people like i did music with you know at, at certain points in that period of time and they wanted to do it but you know i think it's one of those the merchant seller you know what i mean <laughs> the merchant seller not wanting the kid to like leave you know what i mean do you understand that kind of perspective yeah like they didn't want you like i guess i guess you know, and hey, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like, yeah. you know, maybe they had you in a box or they had a way they saw you. And like when you're kind of you're seeing you break out of that box, it becomes a little bit uncomfortable and hard yes. to accept. It becomes uncomfortable and it becomes uncomfortable to see it as serious as it is. Do you get what I mean? It becomes it becomes uncomfortable to see it as because here's the thing about about life. A lot of times people and of course, there are people who um when when you're starting anything in your life right people are gonna like people are gonna like wonder if you're crazy for doing it right and sometimes i think people are crazy for trying something too so it's not something that's exclusively just them right and then when you start to do it the people who are not following align with them so the people you're gonna start rubbing making people uncomfortable because here's the thing if you what you're doing your goals works out for you and you've kind of essentially broken out of the matrix it makes people right. question themselves so it's almost like in a way you not succeeding kind of makes them feel comfortable to a certain level. Do you get what I mean? Because the moment mm-hmm. you succeed in your ambition, people that also have that ambition but never followed it start to question themselves. Do you, I, I, I don't know if that kind of... I'm but, following that. Yeah, so I think those... But that's just the way I reason it out, right? That's not the way... I, that might not be exactly the way these people might think it was, but it was rough. And I didn't feel like I had any friends. Um especially male friends. I just felt there were times where I was so depressed. Um, but I just kind of like found the beauty in having more female friends. And I found because I had more female, fr- I started building more female relationships and I, it just became all mine better for me because women are just, I find a lot more supportive than dudes this are sometimes. True. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this women, are just like, it's, it's, it must be like some kind of catering aspect to it, you know, because yeah. and also, and also because I write R and B music, the people that listen to it are mostly going to be women, <laughs> right? right? Like in in R and B, you want to be able to know that, make sure that you have like a woman's like women's nut of approval, because once women 100%. love it, kind of guys will like it too, especially for R and B, you know. So, and the more I did that, I kind of the more I built more female relationships, and the more my music got better, and kind of the more the people that I was friends with. And I started to kind of come around again and kind of to build our relationships because now it's more like, I, I don't know, this is just my ideology, but of why pe- like people, some people came around, but is that, oh, now if this boat leaves, you know, then I'm never attached to this boat. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, but it, to me, it doesn't really matter because I understand what I've learned to do in life is a lot of times you're not reacting to people. You're reacting to people and their insecurities and their feelings and within themselves. So, um, yeah. So it's, to say it's short, like it was rough for me in terms of with support. But the more things kind of got better, the more support I've gotten so far. And now I feel like even I'm even overwhelmed with it. But if there's anybody that kind of like heralded me through, I would say um, my vocal coach. His name is on uh, Navon Navon Sinclair. Um, and he he also does the same thing for Daniel Caesar. And I remember meeting him like a year and a half ago. 
And the moment I was telling this guy about all the plans I have, he was just way, was excited to like do it for me, help me out. And, you know, he helps out big R&B artists in Toronto. Like there's no one in the R&B scene that's doing like a million streams and up that hasn't run through this guy, whether he's helping you out with your lyrics or your melodies or just even providing you background. But he kind of took me on from the time when I wasn't, I didn't, I don't think I, I barely had a song on, on out, but yeah, that's pretty much the person who was kind of heralded me to the point where I'm at now. Oh, that, well, that's, that's, that's beautiful, man. And, and, you know, I think I, I definitely understand, you know, where you're coming from. I think everybody who's uh, figuring out themselves um, through their creative journey is kind of hitting these roadblocks somewhere along the line, you know, some more than others, some deeper than others. But, you know, I think ultimately, uh, you know, it seems like you found your path and, you know, you've basically found the right uh, community to help support and help basically keep you grounded as you kind of continue to go up because for sure you are going up, man, because this shit, I think, um, I think your music is extremely raw, honest. <laughs> I mean, the honest guy. Right. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see how that grows. But but I think that's interesting that, you know, how the support change. And I think when, when I have conversations with people, a lot of people kind of always pick this point where some people this helps you either go further or it stops you. You know what I mean? And I think that's the reason yeah. why I wanted to point it out, because a lot of people who are figuring things out for themselves um, kind of start to see that, you know, you, you mentioned something about. Um, thinking you're crazy, right? Like, you know, there, yeah. I, I know there's been a lot of times where I'm looking at myself like, really? <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Like, it's, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're genuinely asking yourself these things, right? And sometimes it's because like, you know, maybe uh, you're, you're putting these ideas out and people don't get it and they, or they don't know how to receive it or they don't know how to communicate to you where you're off, right? So you, you, you're, you're kind of like looking for the validation or the support from the places that you were so used to getting it from. And then, you know, at some point you get it, you start to realize that you kind of just have to look for that within yourself, you know, to really find that peace. Um, yeah, exactly. And um, just, just just to touch on what you said, I don't think, I, I, I don't hold anything against anybody who didn't support me in the beginning, because right. I think, because I, 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 at first I did, but then I realized when people come up with stuff and I see it on Instagram or something, I even have that same um, reaction to it. I'm like, oh, what are they doing? Like. You know, he, you get rid of me. It could be somebody wanting to start a painting class or something that's right. Or even music too sometimes because I'm like, music is hard and it's there's a level. I mean, we might end up talking, we might talk about that, but there's def, different levels of difficulty, right? So right. Yeah, I realize I do the same thing to other people. So you just met, but it, I, but at the end of the day, it's your, um, it's your journey. And if 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 that was what held me back, then I shouldn't even have tried it you know what i mean i'd be, I'd be better if that was what helped me back then i'm better off staying where i'm staying you know because right people, right for me to have doubled down i think it gave me the extra momentum to be able to double down on harder decisions right 100 percent. it sounds like that was definitely an inflection point for you to really kind of question and ask yourself some really important questions and clearly you basically took the leap um so, I mean, at this point, you're looking to obviously build a career in music, and uh, we kind of understand now how you essentially wrestled with that decision. Um, like, what, I'm curious now about, you know, you just you focusing on the genre itself, 
like where did your music inspiration come from right so like now you're kind of listening to all these different songs you're freestyling coming up with different concepts by yourself you know you know like as you're saying riding a bike to work and everything uh are you looking at um any artists and saying hey i want to approach my music this way you know and i love the way they've done this i love the way they they communicate or share these uh feelings emotions whatever the case may be um are there any artists that you kind of saw what they were doing and and you wanted to emulate that? Yes, yes. And I'll say this to you. Um, the and I, this always surprises people. My favorite artist of all time, in terms of who I mirror, want to always mirror, is John Mayer. Um, the reason is that like I've always kind of had a difficult. I think when I was younger, and so in high school, and even throughout university, a little bit in university, relationships with women have always been difficult for me, right? I think it's become, and the dynamic has changed, obviously, from the point in time where, like, I was searching for to be with someone or searching for somebody to like me. And then to a point where it's like, oh, at this point in my life, I don't, I feel like I'm a very confident person. And I do get attention, but it's now more like, it's almost like difficulty because of lack. And now it's difficulty because of abundance. Do you get what I mean? And I think, um, <laughs> that sounds like one of them good problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it is, it, it is, but you know, um, uh, it, there's a certain level of, um, what do you call it? You can easily be, um, what's the term? It's almost like you can be jaded. It's, it's a jaded yeah. feat, to be honest. Um, and I think John Mayer is the kind of person who doesn't write music about like so a lot of in a lot of r&b it's you broke my heart i loved you for 10 years and you did broke this you broke my heart oh it's like i want i'm in love i'm in, but i think john mayer is kind of like the king of the grays did you like he always touches on get? random random stuff so he has a song where he talks about um um a girl leaving a toothbrush in his place like, and he talks about dating a girl in a city and what it's like, how he's kind of like going through all these casual relationships. And then there's all these subtle things that the girl he's seeing does to him and like leaving the toothbrush at a place and the, how crazy she is. And then, and then he has another song about how he's breaking up with a woman, but he's going to find another her. Like he's going he's, he's breaking, they're breaking up, but he's going to find another woman just like her. Do you get what I mean? Those right. are not topics that people touch, but are topics that everybody goes through. Do you get what I mean? Like we all go through all these grace and relationships, especially because now for the, I guess more than ever, dating is not our decision. You know, there's no influence. There's no religious influence for most people. There's no family influence for most people. So a lot of times we're right. dating people and there's a lot of casual, there's a lot of gray in dating. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I think for me, there's always been that great because I've personally never um, been in love before. So because I've what, never been what, what makes you feel that way? What makes you think that 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 you've never been? I, I just, I've just never. I've just never. Been, I think there are times when I've been. I've just. I've been. I've been in relationships, but but a lot of those relationships have never. There's always been a like a feeling from me missing, and or either from me missing or the other person. So it's never been balanced right. in a way we could just be mutually be in love. You know, I think there are times where I was trauma bonding, but you get to realize that as the time goes. So it's always been because I've After had the fact, right. After the, yeah, even during the time, even during the time, it was more like, because I didn't get a text back for a couple hours, it made me like you a little bit more. Do you get what I mean? (laughs) 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 And the moment I started getting those texts more frequently, I stopped kind of feeling. Then you don't appreciate it as much. (laughs) 
then I don't appreciate. I, then I start to say I don't even like this person. Then I start to care about the little the details about the character that I didn't like in the beginning, or I, I couldn't have made it work. But because I didn't get that text before, that was the only thing that I kind of gravitated towards. So because I think for a long time in my my adult or teenage life, I kind of had this lack of um, love from or affection from the opposite sex. It's kind of like I found myself trauma bonding. So it's almost like I was the moment I didn't get that, I, that made me love the person a lot more. So um, I think I always wanted to touch on those kind of topics, like topics that are kind of in the gray. Um, for example, the song I have called Morning Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to just write that about being sexually excited about someone. But that was just the topic I wanted to zone in on. So, or like love is a losing game. My latest right. single, which I actually wrote on a date because I had to break up with a girl because I found myself doing the same trauma bond things. I was The more she kind of stayed away from me, the more I kind of liked her. And I knew it led me towards a dark place. So I literally broke up with her on a date and I wrote the song on my way to break up with her because I was like, this is not going to work. And I know it's not going to work, not because you're not an amazing person, not because we couldn't work, but I just see at this point, it's just my traumas against you. Like my traumas have kind of. Right. It's like an unhealthy connection that you, yes, you kind of have to break away to. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point it could be, it could be reversed, but you have to cut those ties for them to be kind of like built like healthily. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, so yeah I, love, I love the yeah. insights. Yeah. So, so who else? Like, about, apart from uh, uh, John Mayer, is there anyone else that that comes to mind? Or um, John Mayer yeah. makes so much sense. Like, I thought, I'd, like, now that I was, I, I honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I was thinking about, about like different black artists. Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if we're gonna like go with like D'Angelo or something. But like, yeah, oh, um, yes. so, so but, yeah me, John Mayer makes so much sense. Yeah, for me, John Mayer, D'Angelo, Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass. You know, I was funny. Funny enough, I was. I read a documentary. I read a book on Marvin Gaye's life, and I watched a documentary on Teddy Pendergrass. And there is such an alignment between their lives and mine that's crazy. Like, and I find, I find, I find, and I'm, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but I think there is for R&B songwriters to be good, they have to be broken. Yeah, Do you I get what I mean? That. So, 100%. So think of your greatest artists like Teddy Pendergrass, Marvin Gaye, um, in, a, in some ways even Drake, um, um, John Mayer. These are people who don't have the best uh, like personal relationships. Do you get what I mean? There has to be that friction because if the friction leads you to greatness. You know, even with Houston, the, this friction in is what kind of makes artists like write about stuff because a lot of times in your life, even when people write diaries, most people don't write diaries until things go bad. Do you get what I mean? Right. Because when you're happy, you're living in that happiness. When there's friction, whether positive or negative, you're forced to assess. Right. (laughs) So I think, yeah. So Marvin Gaye, John Mayer, uh, uh, Daniel Caesar, um, Music Soul Child, D'Angelo, those are people who've kind of like shaped my music and the journey that I'm on now. Oh, yeah, that, that makes so much sense. Uh, yeah. And I, I can't get past the John Mayer connection too, because it, it, yeah. it does feel like that. It feels like, cause he's, he feels, you know, I don't think he puts like pen to paper if it's not deeply felt, 
you know and yes it's just the way he finds a way to to, to share that in the music is actually yeah it, it, it's it's beautiful so yeah that, I, I love that um i, I want to now i want to double down on that a little bit right so not not necessarily the artist but like their uh, a body of work so yeah. uh we kind of uh, you know talk about you you know the artist and the style and that approach to essentially the music, but in terms of yeah. bodies of work, what do you what, what what would you say are the most important albums in art the R and B genre, or at least what resonated Ooh. the most? With you know what's funny, the biggest for me was um, Lauren Hill's Miseducation. I don't know why they mentioned her because Lauren Hill, yeah, um, Lauren Hill's Miseducation and the Archie Don Plugged album changed my life, but it mm. changed my life on a personal level, like. I remember just because I feel like I, uh, but that's not even it, that affected me on a personal, on different dimensions for me personally. Because um, I was at a point where I was also like battling with religion, life, meaning of life. But Lauren Hill's Miseducation and the Unplugged album, um, one of the most impactful for me. Um, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar, mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye's I Want You. Uh, music, soul child. I I just want to sing. Uh, let me think. Well, uh, I'm thinking of another. Daniel yeah, so these Jesus. are these are these are just bona fide classics that you're mentioning right yeah. now. Yeah. Right? So Daniel Caesar's first album. So, yeah. Who's sorry, Daniel Caesar's first album. Yeah. So yeah. What's again, um... I think it's called Freudian. Yeah, Freudian. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, so, so when you're approaching, so like you just put out a, uh, an EP now, right. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it takes for you to create an album? Not, not necessarily, you know, like these guys per se, but well, uh, you know, how is that informing maybe what a first album would look like, you know? Uh, like, you know, I've been thinking about that because I'm like, man, I, I really hope, <laughs> and this is me putting it in the atmosphere. I really hope I'm discovered before I run out of stories, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't think I'm ever going to, but uh, I think it just, it, uh, album, I, I don't, I don't know, to be honest, I would put, pretty much put this as my first project. I would not, I don't, at, at this point, for me personally, I don't see the point of albums anymore. Um, do you get what I mean? I just think a lot of times with albums, it's just too much pressure. Right. Um, whereas I find with, with doing EPs, like five songs, six songs, there are, there is just no point. There's, there's just a way to hone in on a subject or hone in on how I'm feeling. I think even like the perfect albums and the perfect albums that I love are usually short. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, I listen to the Chris Brown album, the one with 44 songs. That album is never going to be in anybody's top 20 at, at all because 100%. it's just too much junk to fill through. Um, yeah, so when it's I say too much. Album, it's too much. It's, it's too it, much, and there's, and there's a point where you're not even none of it is personal anymore. Right. That's my that's my issue with um Chris Brown. It's uh it just doesn't feel like personal. It doesn't feel yeah. It feels superficial or surface, you know. And like yeah. it's also like I don't think I don't feel like he's evolved um the way that he could because of how much yeah. of a talented artist he is. You know yeah. what I mean? So I really do appreciate when artists like tap into that and like try to figure out themselves through the music, you know, and, and I don't, you know, it doesn't have to resonate with me, you know, but yeah. well, we do connect with the, you know, that, that, like that search, you know, that, like yeah. that need for growth and evolution um, through your music. Exactly. So, 
Um, yeah, yeah. And, so, and, just, and, just, and just to complete what I was saying, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the albums that we love, the classic albums that we love, are not that. They're not that. They're, they're, the number of songs is not that many. You get what I mean? Because you need like set between seven and twelve. But you know, even a lot of times with with the albums that we think are classics, there's very few that you listen to the to everything straight to back all the time. You always there's always like six to seven songs that you love, and the other ones you can do without for the rest of your life if you get what I mean. So right, for me, right. I would count all of these projects. I, I would just call it projects. I would I, I, there wouldn't be a necessary need for an album or EP. I only do that for like business purposes. Yeah, and I, and I, and that's what it feels like too these days. You know, everybody's basically essentially putting out an EP, or right? it's not an official album until basically the you know the label comes calling and they want to brand yeah, it as it, such. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, if if anything, I have a couple projects coming up. I would do the weekend thing where it's like, you know, when weekend dropped the House of Balloons and all right. the, the other project, and then when he when he got signed and when he had gathered enough fan base, he put all of them together. And just kind of released it as one, right? So that he can like peacefully, you can move on to the next, to what the next frontier is for you. So, what about this project? When you did it, did you do it as a project, or was it just because I know some of those songs have come out earlier? Those like they came out earlier as singles. Um, yeah. When you're working on it together, though, was it just kind of like maybe a moment in time or a period in time, essentially, of you just writing the songs, or was this like a general feeling that you're trying to capture? Because I, I think I, I, I kind of received that to some extent, but not really yeah. with this project. Yeah. So I, I, um, I wrote all of the songs around the same time. Um, so that was the first thing, um, and they were all concepts like. It's like it's it's a concept of the people that have dated. So each song is about someone, right? And that's why it's called love songs for no one, because because I've never been in love, and I've I don't and which I I know this might come back to haunt me. I'm never really in relationships, like serious really committed relationships. Um, I kind of is that is that intentional for you? Like so, what I mean by that is, uh, are you going in there kind of? hoping that nothing develops from this or are you going there open-minded and somehow somewhere it just never really works out i i think when i was younger when i started gaining confidence and started to actually you know have opposite sex attractions it was one of those things where i was open but it would just always turn out so bad that i was like that, that i was like you know at this point i would go in it knowing what i am and who i am but i'm open towards it you know um, if, if you get what I mean, like, uh, mm-hmm. so in certain sense, it is, um, intention, intentional. Yeah. I'd say, um, but it's not like I'm open. I, I do want to find love. And that's the reason why I write all these songs out is, it's kind of like, I've never been in love, but with each person I've met, I've kind of gained a lesson out of love. Do you, do you, if you get what I mean? Right. So, so it, it legit sounds like you, you use your music to work out through your, it worked through your issues. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's like some of it, some of it like deserve you more. It's clearly like honestly, it feels like a dirty marking on that song. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it is. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's hilarious about that? You know, a lot of times, like whenever I sing that, um, like girls will come up to me and be like, "Oh, like 
You really sound like somebody hurt you, but that's the actual only song that is not about me on that project. Every other song has to do with people I've met, but that song, Deserve You More, I wrote it about one of my best friends. Um, she's like female and um, me and her were, were talking and she's just telling me about another guy that she met. And she's like, oh, this guy's my friend. But I knew the guy and I knew this guy is not, you know, like, I just felt like there was a connection that he probably liked her. But in mm -hmm. her mind, she was like, oh, you know, he doesn't like me. What, like, what is, what am I, like, you know, we're just friends. I promise you, I, you know, and she would always, like, almost get mad at me for saying that. Until one time we were at a bar and um, she left to go to her washroom. And then this guy told me, he's like, you know, I'm really in love with her. It's like, I, I don't, like, and he was just pointing out his feelings to me. And he was telling me about how she had a boyfriend at the time. And the boyfriend was kind of like, he knew that a good boyfriend was cheating on her because he and the boyfriend were kind of out partying together, cheating on her. Do you get what I mean? And he was like, but all this time, like in his mind, so in my mind, I was mind blown because I'm like, your best friends with her, hanging out with her boyfriend, but this whole time you're in love with her. And so I just got, when I went home, I was like, I wanted to write from his perspective. Do you get what I mean? From the perspective of how much we feeling. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of why this, yeah, that's kind of how the song came about. Yeah, but it's still personal because it's, 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 it was my, like, I felt what he was feeling. Like, you know, I yeah, you understood it. Writing. Yeah, I understood it. So I took that and I kind of like made a story out of it, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that, that is beautiful. I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, so of fun in your songs are, are, are really great. And it's just like, sometimes you, like, I'm just enjoying the music and I'm like, wait, what? I mean, I know you love the girl, though, but like, you really want to feel every emotion. <laughs> like, how? So, uh, where did that come from? Okay, so actually, I said I one song, two songs are not directly about me, but it is about me. So a lot of songs, okay. some of these songs are not about me; they're about the way I see the world. So every emotion. 100%. So remember how I told you in the beginning of this interview that it was very dark for me, right? Right. So, um. At that point in time, oh, I'm, I, there's another person who's kind of helped me out, Nipsey Hussle, right? Interesting. Has been one of the biggest influences, and that song is about Nipsey because I watched one interview, right, and I was, you know, just I was like, man, what am I doing? You know, and there's times where I, I would wake up in sweats because I'm like, I can't believe I'm putting betting my life on this, and I would just wake up and I'll just start crying for no reason because I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you know, it's almost like a caught between two things. And I know you can't go back. Like, I can't go back to 
just living like I didn't know that there was that I have this gold within me. And right. but I know it's gonna be hard trying to dig out this gold. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um I watched this interview of, of, of um actually no. I listened to The Game has a song, right? After after Nipsey died. Was it the game? Or, no, Dave East, I think. But anyways, Nipsey has this interview on Big Boy, right? And right. he was talking about how he um how hard it was trying to do everything by himself because you know Nipsey had a long independent rollout, right? And he was he was just saying, I mean, has a right? Like he he basically stayed independent until he could actually get a legitimate partnership, you know, with the yes, label. Exactly. And and, and he was, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and he was saying, I'm not gonna act like I had it all figured out. I'm not gonna act like every day it was roses, and he was just like, just like I went through every emotion. I went through every emotion. He's like, and he kept saying, I went through every emotion. Like mm-hmm. he said it so many times. I remember and that. Yeah, that that touched me. Like it gave me goosebumps because I was like, I'm going through s- such hard shit right now, and it's like because I know Nipsey went through every emotion. I've got to go through every emotion. So the moment I heard the beat, I just started transforming it into a love song. But it's a reminder to me that no matter what I go through, I got to keep pressing on. And it's almost the same way with love, where. It's like my love song to music, essentially. Do you get what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Because music, I find so much joy writing songs. Like every emotion, I freestyle that. I really, really, I don't write stuff. So that kind of flew out in like 20 minutes. I wrote that song. So um, it's like a love song. I love music. Music makes me so happy. Like I like legitly happy. Like I don't. I'd rather like listen to music than hang out with people. <laughs> if that makes. I know that that song. That's the party song. Dark, but that's just the way it is, right? But music also brings me a lot of sadness. You know, it makes me a lot of jealousy because when I hear a song and I think it's better than mine, as an artist, I'm like angry. Like why didn't I write that song? You know. Um, and it brings me just the same way if you if, if you had a if you were dating somebody and somebody's your girl is flirting or your guy's flirting with someone like there's a jealousy that you get you know if you felt like the guy received right. the guy had more money or you thought he looked much better than you it's, so my kind of relationship with music is my relationship with like, or would it would be my relationship with love if I was in love with someone but yeah right. Right. I know that's so just, just kind of like it's so it's kind of like you acknowledging that um like you feel uh every emotion with music and essentially trying to acknowledge and accept that for yourself it's it's almost it almost feels and, like, yeah and, and and accepting that i want to go through every, i i want to go through every emotion because when i'm happy with music i'm not when i'm very satisfied with music so i'm not usually those times i'm not really creative so the creative moments usually come from the dark dark side of it you know Mm-hmm. The the right. positive feelings of me getting playlisted or me people loving my music makes me feel happy, but it doesn't make my creativity like jump. It doesn't you know what I mean? doesn't get the juices going, right? It doesn't get the juices going. Right. It almost sounds it almost sounds like it's yeah. It sounds like and I think this is probably consistent for a lot of artists. Guys, like uh, you're 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 trying to solve like a never ending problem. You know what I mean? And yeah. like and like it's kind of like your brain picks every moment uh you know where you can attack the problem to do something about it creatively yes you know what i mean exactly. yeah it, it, it's it's like but it's a never-ending problem and i think <laughs> to be perfectly honest like you know like uh like uh nipsey said like you kind of just have to accept that you know you kind of have to accept that like this is gonna give you really really beautiful highs and it's probably gonna help give you really really 
deep lows, you know, and, yes. you know, you just kind of have to find the beauty in that and always kind of bring it up to the middle. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I just, one thing about that song, you got to let like these songs, you just have to let them go off. I, like, I feel like you, you keep it in a certain time, but like sometimes you, I'm just like vibing dog. <laughs> and then it cuts <laughs> off and it goes to the next song. And I'm like, yo, oh, you yeah, know? yes. And it's just like, like, you know, back in the day when like, you know, they go, you know, they do the riffs towards the end and you're like, yes. <laughs> like, I think my engineer was saying that, right? Because he was like, why do you always, it's like, why don't you ever let the beat have room to breathe? And I'm like, I think it's almost like a, like I said, it's almost like a dark thing in my brain where I'm like, I have to keep creating something towards this. Like, I, I don't want to leave anything like, so, I, so when I make a song, the way you give me the beat is mm-hmm. the way it's going to finish. So I'm going to start from zero and I'm going to end it. So I've almost like, always like for my next couple of songs, I'm always encouraging the next producers to be like, give me the beat, but then finish it right after me. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? Because right. my brain can't take like the space that's left. So a lot of times when I finish the songs, the songs like end. Like you want to put something in there, right? Yeah, I want to put something in there. It feels empty without me finishing it. I know, but it's something I'm learning, like especially with the next couple of projects to like, okay, yeah, let man, me. It's, it's, all those, it's all those freestyles you were doing riding your bike, man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, like yeah, it's straight it's, up five fingers of death energy. I, I, yeah, exactly. But, um, so that's, that's just how it is, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's, that, that's, that's why, really dope, in, in, in a way, in a weird way, like I try to write songs with people, but mm-hmm. it becomes difficult to write songs with some another songwriter, which I'm trying because my my, which I guess will lead to the, another one of the songs on my project with Zen Soul called Yeah, because you got two collabs in here, right? Yeah, so but the only collab, that one of the collabs, right, uh, is with a vocal collab. So the last love is a loser game is a vocal collab. It's one more, the other artists put her vocals in there and I featured her. Mm-hmm. I wrote the whole song. But Sunday was written with another artist named Zen Soul. Um, but that's pretty much been the only songwriter that I've been able to like write with because we both write in the same way. So we're almost feeding off each other. So it's almost like five fingers of death, but imagine that like a competition. Back and forth. Times, yeah, going back and, and forth. Back and forth. Yeah. So that song Sunday is a freestyle. We never we didn't even change one word from the time we made it. We made it in Wow. In my that's, apartment. That is beautiful. So over the, the bridge. Beat. Everything, every single thing. Like I still have the recording. Maybe one day I can make a Patreon or something and put it there. I have the recording of the exact day, exact time, and nothing changed. We did we because we actually after that song we actually fell out until the time when we recorded the song. <laughs> so there was there was pretty much no period to like rework it, um, right? To be able to like, yeah. So yeah. So I'm I'm that's just the way I write. I'm very like, whenever I hear a beat, I start my brain does this like just starts going in motion and starts thinking of melodies and starts thinking of words. So a lot of times I, and I think I have to learn that, especially moving towards like writing for other artists is giving room to breathe for other artists to come in and other for, even for the, on the beat to give room to breathe. But it's just because of the way I train myself to write that kind of like messes me up. That's just essentially coming out, which, which is totally fine and, and completely yeah. makes sense. So yeah. So like, I mean, let's, let's just jump into Sunday. Um, yeah. So like, you know, how did that come about like with you and her was it just kind of you, had you been, had you been planning to do some work because i've definitely seen her work around and she's an amazing artist as well and it yeah. you guys collabing just makes so much sense um but yeah how did that come about um i met her through a friend of mine that she was kind of seeing and at the time and we just clicked it off musically so like i wouldn't even say our relationship personally is probably not the best 
but our relationship with music is like is almost god made do you get what i mean it's very right. like on we've so sunday is just one of the songs that we wrote we've we, whenever we, we whenever we sit down together we will pretty much write like five songs before we even before we say before we ask how your day was kind of thing do you we do pretty much do <laughs> are you five, serious <laughs> yeah that's just the way the dynamic of that relationship is it's 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 music first it's not right it's, it's, yeah anything outside of the music it's just kind of you know it's it's it can not be, as smooth it could be right it's not as smooth but with music it's just like i said the song is a freestyle you know we didn't even bother writing so i think we have other songs that come together we just we just match in terms of creative like creativity like i've done yeah, songs your creative styles people. match yeah i've done songs with other people she's done songs with other people but it, it doesn't come out the way sunday does because it's just it just is what it is it's almost like it's like a, a very familiar relationship it's like a kindred kindred, kindred kindred spirits and creativity right no no i totally get it um why sunday <laughs> i mean actually i understand why sunday but <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, when I, I just listen thought, to the lyrics, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know that feeling. Like I, I, I love it. Like, I, like especially right now, even today. Like I'm always busy. I'm always doing something. I'm always up to. So I'm always like, you know, Sunday is just that day where you know, you know, you just you. you in, for ideally for everybody, Sunday is a day where you, you, you wake up. Make your cook yourself breakfast. You're not seeing anybody. You probably gone to the club the night before, so you just want to rest in. You know, clean up, play some R&B, relax. And that's just the way I imagine love to be like. It's like you feel rested in that other person. You, 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 yeah. you get me. So when you're with somebody, you almost feel like, man, there's a part of me that's been anxious, but now it feels like I'm at peace. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and so I we wanted to be much. That was pretty much the spirit of the song. Um, that somebody yeah. brings you so much peace. Yeah, yeah. It feels like I mean, Sunday. yeah, no, no, I, I totally get it, and and it, it, it makes sense. It's just like I just thought to myself, like, how did they? I mean, I get it, but like, how did you find that? Right? I'm like, it's always interesting to me, you know. And it's just like, yeah, you're you're like my favorite W. I'm guessing that's you're my favorite woman, right? Or yeah, was that uh, something else? It's, your favorite W, like my favorite win. Like yeah, that's, that's what I thought too. Yeah. So I was like, "Is it yeah. woman? Is it win? Or is it? Are you trying to yeah. get it, uh, be on both?" All right. No, I wasn't. I wasn't even. I didn't think about the woman part. I literally just thought about. I literally just thought about the the, the W part because I was thinking, you know, people like, "Oh man, you took an L." So that's the, yeah. the W. Is like, yeah, you're the yeah. I took a w, w with you. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. To- Totally makes sense. That's 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 my yeah. my mistake there. And like, I think uh, so. She also says like, this, she's like, "I uh, can't wait for Sunday so I can feel your grace." I'm like, "Yo." Yeah. Okay. So I feel like. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it is. It is in a sense of Sunday, the sun. And grace in this, you know, the sexual undertones yeah. kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, you know, have that yeah. There's a lot of there's a, it's like a it's like a triple entendre there. I, I feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I like that. I like that you guys were able to squeeze that in there, and you know, just the fact that this is off of a freestyle. So okay, so I want to uh, kind of run through the the next one. So I I think you already talked about, um, you know, mooring wood uh, to some extent. So. Uh, yeah, morning. What I wrote about somebody. This wasn't even a relationship. We right. 
pretty much it's just one of those ones it, I like it's 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 crazy how it kind of leads into each other because it felt being with this person felt like Sunday um interesting and it was just one of it was just one of those ones where there was just that spark I don't know how to explain it because and I think that's why it's so difficult for me to be in relationships because sometimes I have um I meet somebody like the person I wrote morning wood about and we we don't know each other we don't know mutual friends nothing about us but there's a part of us that just there's just that excitement that you both feel and everything has like almost like an inflection to it of like passion and i wanted to write about that and and just write about that relationship so it wasn't it was almost i wrote it about morning like having morning with which everybody does but it was because i'm like everything about me feels excited about you you know it's like I had, and it's like in the songs, like, you know, you have things to do. Like, I, like I had things to do. She's, it was, I think a, a doctor. So it's almost like we both have things to do, but we're almost pushing all of the things to the next to the last minute. And we'd be in the house and we'll leave. Like I, we'd meet up night before and then we'd leave at like 5 PM. And you know, it's one of those ones where you're still making out at the door. You know, it's one of those passionate relationships. And I just wanted to capture that. Like, it's funny because obviously the relationship didn't work out. Um, but more because I think um, music was just wasn't something that. No, it was sustainable. But I think it just really you noticed know, times where people were. You know, I think sometimes it's, it, you're when you're passionate about something, and I think I think that happens with more guys than with, with than women. Sometimes with women, it's, I, I, in my experience, especially, it's like it's time where they, you know, this passionate relationship going, and there might be a time where they just snap and be like, "What am I doing?" And it's an anxiety. I think it was right. I think about the reality. Like I was just starting to like put everything to behind me to pursue music, and she was like, "I want to have a kid, and I want to be married." And she was a little bit older than I was, so it's one of those things where she was. She felt like, "Oh, I've got to race against time, but you got all the time in the world, so we might as well just cut it short." Um, but yeah, right. yeah. Oh, it's so interesting too. It's just like you have that passion, you have that deep connection. But, you know, just the everything else around it basically isn't stable, right? Because you haven't worked through the real, like, developments. It's, it's almost like you, you jump right into passion and, like, yeah. like and the yeah, whole structure yeah. around it, I guess the foundation yeah. around it, like, doesn't even exist until, like, <laughs> you guys kind of come yeah. up for air. Yeah, and I think there's something, and I think for me, and, and I've got to, which I've got to admit, there's something addictive about those kind of moments, you know? where you're not thinking about anything else and the world can be burning around you, but that's, <laughs> but you're not really thinking about it. And I think that's what, uh, those are the things that I feel like even me personally, I might need therapy for. It's like consistently putting myself in things that are normal without any excitement. No, I mean, excitement, but not like houses on, the house is not on fire kind of thing. You know, you know, you can think about it right. and be okay with it. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, I totally understand that. And um, okay, so I'm just curious because you just kind of talked about like getting therapy, but like, um, but does this have any impact on the relationships? Like, when these songs that you're writing, um, do the yeah. people who might have inspired it or been involved, you might have been involved with, um, do they end up finding out like what you wrote? Are they able to make the connection that it might be about you know your relationship with them or about a relationship that they have existing with someone else? Yeah, I always, I always have to, I always share it because I always feel like I don't want you to leave this world without knowing that some I wrote a song about you, you know. Because a lot of times, I find in relationships, I'm not really 
I'm honest in my music, but I'm not necessarily the most honest in the relationship, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so sometimes people people are like, oh, so you're the honest guy. So which means I'm like, I'm honest in my music, but I lie like everybody else, you know. Like my music is always going to be 100% honest. If you're looking for honesty in my dealings with you, it's going to be in the music. Um, so I, I always share these songs um, with the people I write them about. And it's funny because every time I, I'm seeing somebody, they're always like, yeah, you're going to write a song. And then I would not write. I would then it'd be like, oh, I would not then and maybe a month, two months down the line, they'd be like, yeah, you know, you you write songs about all these girls and you never write about me. And I'm just like, I hope you understand that. A lot of times when I'm writing about somebody, it's usually closer to the end of the relationship. <laughs> it's, like, relationship it's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good like if things are if things are very peaceful, everything is going on fine. I don't write. And I learned this about this is a name a woman called Diane Warren. Have you ever heard of her before? No. So let me tell you, let me put out the songs that she's written for you. Yeah. So Diane Warren, Diane Warren wrote, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. She wrote Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion. She wrote Unbreak My Heart oh. by Tony Braxton. Um, um, she wrote oh. I Was Here by Beyonce. She wrote Rhythm of the Night by, by DeBarge. She wrote um, Lady Gaga Till It Happens to You. She wrote Have You Ever, Have You Ever Lost? She wrote that for Brandy. She wrote For You I Will by Monica. And... And she wrote a lot of other songs. This is just even the surface, right? And what I learned from her is almost the same thing that happens with me. Like for true songwriters, not artists. So artists, you're, a lot of the artists that we know, Brandy, Beyonce, don't really write their music, right? So they can go ahead and live in their lives. But a lot of times with real songwriters, you need that friction to keep making music. So it's almost like in a, in a sense, you're almost addicted to like relationships that wouldn't work. Because they bring out the because she was saying that she's never she even till not till today and I hope that's not me at some point I hope I do guess <laughs> enough but she said she was saying how she's never been in love and she almost finds like not being in love helps her with to write the songs that she's written because there's just exactly what I said there's a sense of like normalcy that doesn't help creativity. Interesting. I mean, so like, how do you how do you personally hope to resolve that because? Um, I mean, because like, like, there's a lot of friction in a relationship as well, right? Like, you could find, yeah. you know, great loving relationship that you know you, you could basically, you know, long term relationship, but like, there's a lot of friction there too. Um, do, yeah. is that like interesting to you at all, or do you just feel like, you know, that will come at too much a cost? Um, in a in a in a sense, it comes at too much of a cost, but I almost feel like, regardless of wherever it goes, I want to write through it, you know. Sometimes I, right. I, uh, I think there's one time where I wish to tell, pray to God, like, oh man, God, please make this easier for me. You know, it's so hard. Like I'm depressed. I'm going through all of these things. And just because I'm pursuing my goal, but I think now my prayer is just like, let me be able to write through everything that happens to me. So it's not like I'm not just writing and forgetting my actual life. Sometimes I do, but I'm learning to resolve my act, my life as I'm resolving my music life. So as I'm trying to build better relationships, I'm kind of riding my way through it. So, and I think right. sometimes artists get stuck too. You know, there's people who get stuck in their own narrative and they never want to be that person. Where it's like, 100%. I, um, I was listening to Bryson Tiller's album and I hope this doesn't get me in trouble at some point in my life, but um, I think there's a stillness to Bryson Tiller's new releases 
because there's a detachment. Like when he first wrote Don't and he wrote all these songs, he wasn't, there was no stable relationships. He had a kid and a baby mama and he was kind of right. He kind of feel it. But now the world knows he's happy. You know what I mean? Like you're happy with your wife that you're in. And maybe you're not happy with your personal life, but you're still writing about the same stuff that you were writing out before. And it's the same sound and the sound hasn't changed and nothing has changed about that. Like and so you could say to a sense, Drake has pretty much the same narratives, right? I'm rich, yeah, sure. broke my heart, but he changes the sound. <laughs> so that kind of yeah. helps you like take it all in, right? Yeah. But I, think I, I feel like he's a melodic specialist, right? Like he, yes, he will, exactly. every, every couple of years, he finds a new little tweak in his arsenal yeah. that kind of just yeah. kind of elevates everything else he's doing. Right, and he yeah. and sometimes it's not his. Sometimes he gets it from the right person, but he gets it from yeah. the, if he finds it early. I find like he finds yeah. it early, so he basically gets like first dibs on like rolling it out, and then you start hearing it everywhere else. Exactly. So with that, he can change. He can maintain the same narrative all he wants, right? But I think yeah. So I never want to be one of those people who's stuck in the same narrative. You know, like I don't want to be singing love songs for no one twenty years from now. I want to be singing something else. I know you know never know. You know, um, like Marvin Gaye was told not to write what's what's going on, which became one of his biggest hits of all time, one of the biggest hits in music. Period. You know, right? You know, so I I always want to be the one to take like the chance, and even with my next project, it's not talking about any of these songs that um, love songs for no one talks about. I think love songs for no one is essentially doesn't. Even though it talks about love and talks about there's still a certain level of darkness to it and a detachment from a person. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to sound like that because it wasn't written about one person. It was written about multiple people. But yeah, but the next project is more going to be concentrated. Interesting. Uh, that, that, should, that should be interesting. I, I feel like I have a few more questions about that, but uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, so there's one track I don't think I asked you about, right? And I think it was Love Bomb, right? And that's like one of yes. your more recently releases. Um, yeah. And I don't need to, I won't ask too much because I know I've, I've kind of gone through every single song right now. But yeah. uh, did you really tell your mama that you really love her? I mean, yeah, sometimes I like at times when I would. Cause like I started, it went that far? You went like, you kind of were like, okay, this this might be a thing and I'm going to reach out to the moms and, and, and let her know. Not not her mom, but my mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, I mean, yeah, your your mom, like your like your mom. Yeah, my mom and I, my mom and I, I think I, I think I've kind of like tuned, like <laughs> adjusted her expectations into like new generation, like because every time I tell her about a girl, she'd be like, "So do you love her?" Like that's my mom always asked me, even if it was the first right. date. Like I think she's just because for her it was like you got introduced to a friend of a friend, and that's how you guys enter the relationship. So so for her to consistently hear about multiple people kind of like freaks her out she doesn't understand it like it's not i don't even think it freaks her out she doesn't understand it at all so but i think there are times when i love bomb people and i think it's almost with the same situation of almost loving somebody in a burning house and not thinking about it it's right it, because like i said how it becomes addictive it's that's just the same way i kind of i feel like i've loved bomb people in the past where it's like i'm i'm choosing passion over reality 
and telling my mom about you because I'm thinking, I'm imagining my whole life about you, but I don't really know this person. Do you, do you get what I mean? So even though it's, it's, it's a happy song and I wanted to like, I, I another thing I've trained myself to do is I want to be able to write the darkest of things and the happiest of melodies. Do you get what I mean? Right. Interesting. So, yeah, 100%. Like love, like love bomb is not necessarily positive, <laughs> but I want people to be able to dance to it. Um, every emotion, it's I went I went there. that was a, that was pretty much the, the one of the darkest moments I've I was I've gone through in my life when I wrote that song. The period in which I wrote that song, but I want to always write happy songs out of my darkness kind of thing. Oh, that's that's really beautiful. I, I you know I wouldn't have really like you know now that we had a conversation, obviously it makes sense, but I wouldn't have yeah. like connected uh, that you know like on the first listen for sure. So I'm, I'm really happy I uh, asked you about this because, um, I you know I was at your show late last year, right? And you kind of went through some of these things, but even yeah. now it still <laughs> it still seems very like you know like ca- catching me off guard. So I'm you know I, yeah. I, I feel like when everybody listens to this too, I think they'll have a I think a better appreciation for what you're doing and how you're able to connect these feelings in in yeah. you know through these melodies. Um, and I want to be able to give a secret to anybody that's gonna that's listening to this. Um, if you if you love my music and you like it, I'm going to give you a secret into like my writing. Every time you hear an upbeat song for me, it's going to the the content is going to be dark, but I'm going to make it sound so happy that you're not going to think about it. Interesting. Yeah. I would definitely be looking out for that in the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just know whenever questions. whenever that's out, I'm I'm ready. Just know I'm like, yeah, I got questions, man. I'm making notes. Yeah, nah, you're gonna but, hear it when in 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 the beginning of summer, God willing. Yeah. Okay, nice. Nice. So I'm I'm excited about that. And maybe um, you know, later on in the summer too, I can have you back on and we can maybe oh, talk about, you know, maybe the project but some other stuff yeah. too. Um, I think yeah. you know, we, we always find interesting things to talk about. All in love with you, baby Cause I wanna be out with um uh with a few questions about uh your work you already talked about um briefly about some of your experiences some of the ups and downs um so i i kind of want to uh highlight some of these things especially for somebody who is probably looking to chart their path in music regardless of the genre um and especially those kind of people who are based in the city or or from african descent where i think it's high it's helpful to highlight your experience in a way that um kind of informs them to know what to look out for or know what to prioritize. So, you yeah. know, what, what would you say, you know, from your journey um, so far would be the most important things to essentially prioritize? Uh, prioritize just making the music sound good. You know, I think there are times like there are people I've met in music that have just, that just, they know somebody. Um, a lot of people in music know someone. They know someone that knows somebody that can get them a playlist thing. So everybody, everything that you see in music, don't, nothing, nothing is, nothing is what it seems. I'll say that. Like a lot of things, even a lot of things that we do, even that I do in music, is not what it seems. But it's, I know that it's. I'm gonna magnify it so that you, the person who's a casual listener, will go listen to it. Like, oh, this person shows you love. Uh, this thing is this. Let me go listen to it. You know, I think. But you, one thing you have to make the music undeniable because I think there's too much, there are too much, 
there's too much music going on right now and not everything is great there's a lot of men right. do you get what i mean like which is funny because i i don't know if you've heard the the bruno mars and um and and uh what's uh anderson pack uh or they yeah. call blue Son- um is it blue sonic what is it something so sonic or something i think so uh yeah silk sonic yeah silk sonic yeah so so that's the name of the project right but no, I think, isn't that what they're that's their is that the name of the that's project named, and their new group name or something like that? That's the name. That's the name of the, the group. Sorry, that's the name of the group. I'm not sure about the first right. name of the project. Right. But that song is good because it's different and it 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 shows the excellence of both of them. But you know, everybody. I think that the, what happens is people start a version of the genre, and everybody starts to rush in it. But the people who rush into that a lot of times are not. That's they're not meant to do music. They're just hitting it for a lick. It's the same yep. way. People, the people who really study stocks and the people who hear about um, Apple stock skyrocketing, so they all try to, the opportunities. There's artists and there's opportunities. You have to just kind of make sure you're not an opportunist. If you're an opportunist, then make sure it's the right opportunity, but realize that you're not an artist. I think there's a lot more opportunities than artists. You know, for sure. Like people looking for the cloud, they don't even care about the money. They just want, they just want to be able to like have many followers from music, right? And have something they can tell people to, and just have the satisfaction of releasing something into the world. And but not everybody is. Um, about it so it's i feel like it's for me i think what's helped me out is the fact that my music kind of stands out um i read a book it's called the blue ocean strategy have you ever heard of it before no so it's saying about in every industry that you go to there is a blue ocean right and there's either a blue ocean like a blue ocean means like there's there's like it's 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 an ocean that's like like waters like from above is blue, right? As opposed to like, right. I know I'm Nigerian and you're Nigerian. So imagine the water that we grew up in this, there was no, it's it's just it's dirty, right? Because it's, it's no more, it's crowded. There's a lot of, you know, for, for, everybody's right? tossing crowded. every single thing into that water. Everybody's yeah. tossing everything. So think of R&B or rap, like water without an outlet. You know what I mean? And with that's yeah. crowded, it's just that there's no way everybody's crowded. People are taking are taking dumps in it, doing all that stuff in it. But there's no outlet for all the dirt to go away. So, but the blue ocean is like you, the fish is swimming. You can see the the. I went to the Caribbean, right? And I at a point in time where I was like um, snorkeling, snorkeling, and I put yeah. my head, yeah, and I put my head in the water, and I was like seeing all the fish, and like I was like I felt like I was in like uh, like Finding Nemo or something, you know. Because <laughs> I was seeing all this like colorful fish, and it just felt like the way I would see it on Discovery Channel, and then it almost freaked me out. But I say that to say, in everything that you do, there's a blue ocean. So you, you, are you, if you're there's something that will make you stand out, right? That not a lot of people are doing, and there's always is. It can, it can always be something. It can even be something, just like that, just separates you even by a little bit. But at least it separates you. And I think that's what anybody that's going into anything should be doing. It's like, how can I separate myself? For the better what is it right. that everybody the whole crowd everybody's doing but i can do just a little bit better like you know every good good company is on that apple did that you know um because you know there's there was there innovate you like apple steve jobs in particular did that yeah 100 yeah, right and, i think like and some i think i sorry continue uh, Go. like for example if you use a microsoft a lot of developers love Microsoft, right? Because they can develop their own apps. I love Androids, right? They mm-hmm. can develop their own apps. They did Windows. They did have all more of control. These things. They have more, like yeah, they have more control. But Apple did the opposite thing, and they had Apple has all the control. 
Like, in fact, some people, like, it's up to a point where it's, but they made, what they focus on is ease of use, right? Right. And the so, whereas, and, and ease, ease of experience, whereas Microsoft focused on, but both, in both ways, both of them have been able to succeed. It's not like one is better than the other, right? Um, it depends on who you talk to, but you're able to, but if Microsoft could have ruled the world and just continued like that, and nobody would have created something new. But if Apple just created the exact same thing, then Microsoft would have won because they have more money. But what you have to do is just kind of create something that's better, or not better, but different from people. So for me, I, I find like that song is just, I whenever when I heard that song, I was just laughing. You know why? Because a lot of people think we're above um, previous music. You know, we yeah, almost like thought, 70s, you know, back when, yeah. Yeah, yeah, back when Kanye West thought about music, he was, you know, there's the Daft Punk kind of song. We thought that that's how music was going to sound. It was going to be very electronic, which some people still do. But R&B is, 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 has kind of lost its way, I feel like, because we haven't innovated. We've just copied what rappers, rappers are doing. We haven't innovated the, the funk stuff. And when people hear the funk stuff or the... The songs that sound like the 70s and 80s or even every emotion people gravitate towards those songs because that feeling is still missing and nobody's kind of fulfilled that so for me that's what i want to do is i want to be able to um generate a blue ocean for myself and i think that's what everybody should do whatever you're trying to do and it's going to be hard but whatever it's hard it's going to just get questioned if you're meant to do it or not you know and sometimes it's a no you know because sometimes you don't want to like in a sense, pursuing your goals is going to include some suffering, whether it's suffering by discipline or suffering by happenstance, right? So it's like, but you don't want to suffer for nothing. So it's, it's going to question if you're if you're really meant to do it, if you love what you're doing. And yeah, I, that's, that's the only advice I'll give. No, 100%. I agree with that. And, and, and that's where you find the answer. You kind of have to go through that process to get to a point. And I think even if you don't become the great this or great that, I think there is a sense of fulfillment knowing that you went through it and got to where you needed to get to. You know what I mean? And I think that's so important, like just mentally as well, because that's, I think, what absolves you of the regret, right? That's what absolves you of the yeah. questioning what ifs, right? Because you essentially put yourself through it. You you kind of questioned yourself, but kind of proceeded anyway. And I feel like that blue ocean thing that you, you're talking about, um, I think that's the mark of every great artist. Right. Because it's not, you know, it's not about carving something out for yourself just to carve something different. Right. It's about searching so far and deep inside of you that because everybody is unique, everybody is different. Right. And what, yeah. no matter what you're doing, everybody, nobody's going to do it exactly the same way, um, no, no matter how menial the task is. So like yeah. that, that time that you take to to find within yourself, to search within yourself, no matter how long it takes. Um, I think will always ultimately yield some sort of positive result, right? And it helps you understand and you see yourself in a better way than you couldn't have possibly done before. Yeah. So, and yeah, that's, kind of, that's... Yeah. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I was just saying um, it, that is the journey of life, right? In, in, right? in different ways, we're all doing that. You know, for me, it just happens to be with music. But people right. are doing that with family, you know. And for right. me, I'm, I'm gonna end up having to do that because I'm gonna have end up having to realize, go through my resolve with family. Do I want to have a family? Do I want to be married? Do I want to? Am I going to be able to go through the hard work of being a married man or a father or 
even a brother, you know, I think we all have that journey and it's all within us. And we just, I would just ask more people to go through life. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? I think in, the, in, in a way, especially when you have things that are safe for you, there's a lot of things that people are just, people allow life to happen to them, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and they, 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 they do everything to avoid it. You know, whereas I think going through life is, 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 is beautiful. There's a lot of suffering. There's some suffering for some, but it's also beautiful, right? Because you end up, there's, there's you, if you, you have to evolve if you go through life, you know, just cause right. to go through it, you have to like bend and you have to shake and you have to move. But if you let life happen to you, it just, it, it, there's no, there's, and that could be anything, you know, for some people, it might just be, even for me at some point, I'm going to have to let life, like go through life in terms of relationships. I'm going to have to go through life in terms of how I deal with people instead of just right. ducking and dodging it. Right. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. And it's, uh, I mean, like, like, yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. It's, it's ultimately a push and a pull. Right. And sometimes you're pushing too hard and sometimes you kind of need to pull. So yeah. Um, the one thing I want to talk about, like, I think we talked about it a little bit though, is, um, stigma, right? Like you talked about how you know, certain people essentially changed, um, or, or just kind of, you know, I guess there were, there were, there were growing pains, I would say, um, especially when you're pursuing such an unconventional path for our community, how would you advise somebody who's essentially trying to figure out their path and like kind of, you know, developing themselves yeah. to see whether or not it's something they should explore? How do you do just, that stigma? I, I just, you kind of, it's getting, you just have to deal with it and you have to just find, you have to realize, I think another thing I realized in life is, and it's, you know, we get told that all the time about, you know, you're born alone, you die alone kind of thing. We have to realize, I think that you don't know, I don't know who's going to be there for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? And I don't mm-hmm. know what people are like going to be good, but and that's not, a, that's not to, I, that's not to like, I know there's everybody who says, if this person is not doing anything for you, I remember in COVID when people say, if no one's checking on you, then you know who your friends are. But I'm like, that's not what life is about. You know, I think it's, it's, for me personally, if I was stuck upon the friends that kind of like drifted away from me, then I probably wouldn't have come up with the stuff I've come up with now, or even have the confidence to continue. But I think because I was right. like, oh, there's female friends around me, and those female friends are giving me the support I need, I kind of watered the seed that started to grow. You know what I mean? So I think that's whatever right. is like, right. not being afraid to create new relationships, to change, to have to to just for, water the the, the the soil that's giving your seed growth, you know, um, and that's the thing to focus on. People will, different people will come in your life because some people are just attracted to to that, you know. I, I would even talk about like even with you. Um, I don't know how much your audience knows about our relationship, but I've known you. I've known who you are for a couple of years, and I don't think we talked for even a couple of years too. But I think just because right. we're oh, both wow. on the same yeah. kind of, yeah, I, I think both because we're on the same similar kind of paths kind of brings us together to have this kind of discussion, you know, and I think there's different kinds right. of people that come around you. You know, I think it's very hard. It's very easy to be down on yourself when you don't have anybody around you. Um, right. That for the people that you look up to, but you know, if you're not afraid to like go somebody else, somewhere else and develop other relationships, then, right. You know, you, you, right. And I think, I think, I think it's not even just that. I think, you know, from what you've told me, it's also you double down on yourself, right? And like the right people 
came along. You know, they stuck around, yes. right? And, yeah. and in your oh. journey, searching through that, um, that's when you found you probably found the new people who would essentially work with you, right? Yeah. So I, I'd say this. I, I think I, I had taken a leave of absence, right? And um, mm-hmm. I love this friend to, to death, right? So I'm not going to mention his name or anything like that. And I know, I didn't, like I said, a lot of times you're dealing with people, not people, you're dealing with them, like their internal battles. But I remember having right. an argument with a friend and him saying, I promise you, I'm never going to support you, right? Um, and wow. he said that to me and that shattered me, right? Not only was he not supporting me at the time, but now he was double down on it and saying he wasn't going to. But, um, and I remember just sitting in my car and just crying. And I just crying in, in his like parking lot, just being like, like full of tears. Cause I was like, what? Like, I just felt alone. But I realized at that moment it was a critical decision point. Cause I could have just been like, okay, you know what? It's too hard. Let me just go back to work. But at that point in time, I doubled down. And there's like, that's the thing is, yeah, there's many times where you're going to have to double down and, you know, I feel like somebody was yeah. saying this to me about how life is a journey, right? And there's so many people who, there's a lot of obstacles that make you turn around. It's like life is a series of exits, you know? So, and we're going from one city to, an, to, like, from here to Ottawa, there's probably around at least 10 exits, I would th- I would think. I, I don't know. Definitely, I know yeah. at least 10 exits. Way more than that. Every, I got you. Yep. Way more than that. But, I mean, and, and there's way more than that in life, right? So, there was one at, at a point where there would have been one for me to stay at work. There would have been one where my friends, like, like um, left, where my friends kind of, like, kind of strayed away. Um, there would have been one when women strayed away, you know, because I'm not making as much money. Uh, there would have been one where I had financial difficulty, you know. And, but as time goes on, the stakes become higher, right? So there could, there could be one right now, something might happen to me and I might have to be like, oh, should I take this exit away from what I'm doing? But it's, there's so many exits that's going to cause you to double down. So it's like, if you're going to trust in something, buckle up, you know, like, and you know that you're going to have the peace within you if it's one thing that you want to do. There's omens, there's things that I think life gives you. And I think that's another thing that the alchemist talks about is about the omens. There's little, little, little gifts that life yep. kind of gives to like tell you you're doing the right thing, you know, and those are the only things you should be looking out for. And you're going to have to double down a million times. It's, that's all I'll say. Everything in life is a double down, you know, even Jay-Z has to, <laughs> he had like, you know, he has to double down a lot in the music industry, you know, this for him to have been from a drug dealer to making TVs and Def Jam not wanting them to creating his own label to retiring and coming back. There's a lot of times where you have to double down on who you are. And even sometimes people love you for it, sometimes people hate you for it. But it's just, and sometimes you know, people aren't so, ready to hear it until later, yes. and they see what you did. Ex- exactly, because a lot of times, like some of these songs, like I wrote, I wrote them a year ago, you know, and the people who didn't show me any support right now, and they love it. There's people who hit me up, right, that have been following me on Instagram mm-hmm. or I'm friends with, and they just now that I'm playlisted and stuff, or that my music is starting to get a little bit of traction. They're like, oh man, I just listened to your music right now, and it's so amazing. And I'm like, you've we've known each other for a year. I've been in your house multiple times throughout this time. You didn't listen to it all this time, you know. But I can't blame right. you because there are people. I'm I'm like that for some people. There are people who I follow right. and they put out content or something, and I never paid attention to it. Um, right, hundred percent. But, uh, but yeah, it's just 100%. But, but but it's just it's just about me. Like, there's no hard feelings towards that, right? Like, and, and that thing I would say is there's, you can't have any hard feelings because at the end of the day, 
you, it's it'd be easy for me to have hard feelings, but I've like I think in a way God has shown me how much I do that too, and how much everybody does. It. It's just a lot of times people don't want to because following somebody and following up somebody's path is it's an emotional investment too. So to call somebody a fan of an artist or audience of an artist is an emotional investment. Imagine me following like that's why a lot of people are so disappointed in Lauren Hill, right? Because there's a lot of emotional investment. You've invested your childhood to Lauren Hill. I was, I was gonna, I'm still gonna name my daughter Lauren if I have a daughter, right? Because that's just because that's how much her, she changed me. But you know, so a lot of times we want people. The reason why it takes a lot of time to invest in art, in artists or anything, or even a business or a podcast, is because we know that once we get in it, we're in it, we're certified in it. So a lot of times people take a, a longer time, but sometimes the people that take longer times will be end up being the lifetime fans, right? Because now they're emotionally invested. So right, right. No, that's that's yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I asked the question, but I got so much more, and uh, that that was. I'm sorry, I'm like that. <laughs> no, 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 and that's great. Not me too, man. I can I can relate. So I appreciate. <laughs> I always appreciate. Yeah. It to the other I feel like because and, and I think maybe I think we've had conversations because my brain, my brain. I, everything I everything I talk about, I end up going into a lot of detail about, and I think mm-hmm. that helps me out in songwriting. But it can right. be kind of awkward in like social settings because I I take everything not every seriously, but I overthink everything. So I I analyze everything about me and that I'm around. You know. Hey man, that's uh that's why I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I feel like that's that's not saying that like even as somebody as a podcaster that this brings you joy too, right? Because it's almost like an analysis of something, right? And yeah, that's okay. I mean, I, it, yeah. Sorry, sorry, what was that last part? No, I'm saying, I'm saying I'm a podcast junkie myself. Like I probably, these days I listen to more, actually not listen to music as much as I listen to podcasts, but actually, no, in terms of hour by hour, at this point mm-hmm. I'm listening to more podcasts than music because I think in a weird way, music has become work. Right. So I need to take a break from it because yeah, right. every time I listen to music now, I'm not only listening to it to enjoy it, I'm analyzing it. I'm going it. even some artists I don't know. You know, that's why I kind of like Drake because I feel like Drake is the only time where I'm not like breaking things down or comparing myself to him or right. you know breaking down every word or how he recorded now, what is intentional, what's yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. I that's the same thing for me too. Like, I feel like I listen to some podcasts that like introduce style, different styles inspire me, and then like I yeah. kind of soak that up for like months and months and months, and then all of a sudden, like I don't want to listen to it anymore because now yeah. like I am analyzing and I can't like totally let it go, and you know it, it's weird that way. So a lot of the podcasts I listen to are podcasts that or an approach that I wouldn't necessarily approach. So then I can listen to it like leisurely, you know. That's, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's an interesting. Yeah, because I, I, there's people, right? And I'm going to mention names now because I want to be able to give credit to people. But like Givian, for example, like, I think he's so talented. Ooh. But I, I don't, I don't listen beautiful. to him. I don't yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Like, I don't listen to yeah, him. Yeah, it's, it's just it's beautiful, man. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What about like uh, Sampa? I listen to Sampa because Sampa is so removed for me. Do you get what I mean? Mm. Okay. Like he's almost doing something entirely different, and he I is feel like doing something different. Yeah, he is. Yeah, um, and he's almost Sanfa is not even necessarily R and B. He's more like alternative singer songwriter. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, a, so I think with those people, I can do that because now I can make. I, I can, it's almost like a blue ocean. I can impart what they give me into R and B and try to make R and B different from 
But I feel like if I listen to Givion, I'd almost want to do what he's doing. Right. So you try to stay um, away from I, that so you can even, yeah, find just, your... Yeah, I, and I think even with that, I'm not able to enjoy it because there's a lot of like, it's healthy competition and jealousy, but then it becomes work. You know, it's now like, it's almost like watching Serena, like consistently watch. Serena can't, can't, probably can't watch another um, like um, tennis players match leisurely because she's just thinking about everything that the tennis player is doing. You know, it becomes, right. yeah, so it's the reason why I realized as, as watching the Biggie documentary and Biggie was saying how much he likes, like, um, was it country music? R&B and, yeah, and, yeah. But, yeah, but that's, people, oh, yeah, he said country too. He said listen to country to sleep or something, yeah. But I think because of that, I think when you're doing something, like you said, even with podcasting, it's hard to to switch off work and enjoy a lot of things that you probably would have enjoyed if it was just you, you know. If you weren't right. Hundred percent. Okay, so I want to switch to um, uh, just opportunities, like so, uh, and I think this is important, right? Um, like you could equally we have been doing this in Nigeria, or you know, some people go head back to Nigeria to go pursue music. Um, you could be possibly doing it in the States as well. But um, I'm curious, what are the cha- unique challenges and opportunities from pursuing it here in Toronto? Um, in Especially Toronto, your genre, like R&B. Yeah, there isn't enough industry for R&B in Toronto. I know there's R&B artists in Toronto, but I think a lot of people in the spaces don't understand R&B, I've realized. I see. Because, like, there's a lot of to be honest, to be fair, a lot of people in place in positions in Toronto are not necessarily they're not focused on R and B. You know, they focus on it in the sense that they enjoy it, but not in terms of pushing it as like they don't see it as being lucrative as much as rap and like pop music. So that's the difficulty in in Toronto. It's like, and so it becomes a thing where everybody's kind of fighting for the same opportunities in R and B spaces. Right. So that's that's a big difficulty for for me here, but it's also it's but then again it's also small enough that I know everybody in, in like not I don't know them personally, but I know who 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 the who's and who's are, and if I don't know them, it's easy right. to find out who they are, you know. So I think that's it's just kind of like it's just different flips of a coin. I think, uh, yeah, I I think yeah in, in Nigeria it might have been hard because I it might also be hard too right because. A lot of people that were traditionally R and B artists, like Praise. Do you remember the guy Praise in Nigeria? Yeah. 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 There's a Nigerian artist named Praise. It was actually mm-hmm. traditional R and B guy, but it's just harder right. to come out from there if you're just doing traditional R and B, right? You'd have to kind of like blend it with the audience. Um, so I think here, I, I, I'm not a big like I'm not a, I'm, I love Afro beats, but I'm not. It's not something I listen to every day. You know, I'll play it in a car or at a party, but it's not. So I think it would have been harder for me being Nigeria, but. I, I like you being here, but I've, another opportunity to be in being in the states, right? So, right, I feel right. like at this for point, sure. And then, um, are there any other like great opportunities being here though that like you know maybe oh, are unique? Oh, so uh, we yeah. we talked previously about some uh, how about how uh, there are essentially grants or ways you can get support. Yes. you know. Yeah, that's what I was gonna mention. So another another opportunity is grants, and I think if there's anybody that's an artist get grants, like look into getting a grant. If you can write a grant, get a grant writer. Um, I applied for 
and don't get discouraged because I, I so pretty much I got an assistance of two thousand dollars from Factor. Factor Nice. is like a it's an organization by radio stations in Canada that kind of give money to artists. And they, they so they gave me two thousand, but I can up, end up applying for up to ten grand next time. Um, so and Ontario, there's Ontario Arts Council, there's Toronto Arts Council, and I think there's the Canadian Arts Council too. So there's all these art councils that give grants. Um, but you just have to be willing to do the work. You can't be discouraged when you fail because some I like the same grant I applied for that I got. I didn't get it last year. I got rejected, right? So you just have to keep doing it and kind of learn how to be better at doing it and. again the music right grants and um and also just find out who the who's are i think that's something that i've done is like because i'm very analytical and i've learned that in music there's it's not everything that meets the eye like it's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh visual tricks that people do right and you have to kind of just kind of learn learn the tricks of the game and it's it's it sucks to say but That just is what it is. I think for me, I was like, I'm making all this good music, especially in the beginning when I was releasing stuff. I was like, but it's not getting noticed. But then you start to learn how the techniques that people do use, like um, to get their music to places. Who are the people that are the curators in Toronto? Like there's Apple music creators, Spotify music creators. I don't know them personally, um, but I think that'd be a good thing. If, if, I, if anybody knows them, please reach out to me because you know that you get those people that, those are people that end up putting music in playlists. Right. Right. And, um, but Right. And yeah, the right playlist like does numbers, man, for your music, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, and there are people like me and you with Instagram profiles, but they don't, they don't put it out there that they're the curators a lot of times. So if you know artists, right. some artists, you know the other people, so they just follow them. And also getting music on the radio here is not as hard because a lot of times radios, radio, Toronto radio needs Canadian content. Right. Mm. Do you, do you get what I mean? So in, in Canada, like the, the radio station is mandated to play mostly Canadian music. That's why you hear Drake a lot. So they they need Canadian artists to be on the radio. So so it's as long as it's good. I think a lot of these radio st
billboard or whatever. I don't know. But then there's other small magazines that can help you out do the same thing, right? So it's just and finding out and also taking advantage of friends because a lot one thing people like about my music so far is the little visuals I do, but it's my friends that have helped me do that. And, you know, I'm eternally grateful for them, you know. And because some of these people are also growing in their career, so they're able to like help me out for free or even for a lower price because they believe in me, number one. Number two is also because they're developing. So them developing me is also developing their like career too. Right, right. It's kind of like the, yeah, you, you're essentially just going to get together. Exactly. And that's how everybody does it. You know, if you look at Drake's camp, a lot of them didn't have, 40 didn't produce for artists before Drake. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. So uh, even Daniel Caesar's team, a lot of them, with the Daniel Caesar was their first foray into management, you know, or the weekend people that, you know, so a lot of times people want somebody to certify them. But I think if you can get people to kind of people who are passionate about your passionate about your passion and in theirs, it helps beauty feed mm-hmm. off each other. Even with you and I right now, we're doing a podcast together. But as you're helping me out to push my music or and my, my profile to your audience, and you know, in turn, when people when as my fan base grows, this is probably the only two hour conversation I've had about my music. So when people are, become bigger fans of me and they Google me, they're gonna find this podcast. So even when I share it, they're gonna find you and they might they're gonna find your other content. So as I grow, you grow, we all kind of like build a community instead of chasing after one that's already established. And uh I, you know, I can't I can't stress that enough. I cannot stress that enough. I think that's really especially, you know, from I guess our community, you know, being black, being, you know, African descent, I think it's so important that we cultivate that for each other, you know, at any level. And, you know, yeah, I yeah, I just <laughs> I guess I completely agree. <laughs> That's really my point. And yeah. I appreciate that as a philosophy because sometimes uh, people don't tr- truly recognize that and they don't appreciate what the opportunity they're leaving behind because they're searching elsewhere for it, you know? I think yeah. you always have to start with your community first. You got to start with what's real and what's connected to you, right? And through that is where you grow, you know? Yeah. There's um, a lot of growth to be had by just following your own lens, you know? Hundred percent. Okay, so I just want, I'll close with this. Um, uh, I think we have a clear understanding of you know essentially what the project is about. You know, love songs for no one. Go check out the EP on Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere. Um, I'm curious what your goals are. Like, you know, I guess moving forward, what are the next steps for you? You know, what are you? I know you said you have a project that might be coming out in the summer. Do we have a name? Are you keeping that quiet yeah. until a little bit ready? I have the name now. Um, but this is the first time I'm giving out the name because I'm actually settled on it. Uh, okay. It's called how to make. It's called how to make love. Okay, how to make yeah. love. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, That's and, interesting. and I think. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm literally like my brain's like spinning. Right. I'm thinking about you know, <laughs> is this going to be dark? Is this not going to be dark? Like, <laughs> how are you going to pull uh, the stories together? Right. I, I yeah, so I I I'll just leave that to like the music starts to come out because it's a mixed bag, but it essentially is capturing the same like what it says how to make love, you know. Right. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I don't want to give too much away. No, no, yeah, don't, don't. I'll, I'll, with, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll cut it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm super. Just, sorry, go. 
now this year I'm just kind of looking forward to dropping this project. Um, I would like to so certain goals I set for myself, and this is me putting the atmosphere is I want to come out of COVID, like COVID in terms of not just quarantine and lockdown, but COVID itself. I, I want to come out of that having like a, a, a booking agent, a publishing deal and a record deal. So booking agent for me to tour or start performing, a publishing deal to be able to write for myself and write for other artists and a record deal to be able to fund my music, you know. So those are things I look forward to. Obviously, without with or without those things, um, I'm still gonna do the music, and I'm. This is my passion. It's my life. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't it's there's so many things that would push me back towards going back to a nine to five. But, uh, but I, 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 if you find me not doing anything else except for music, you know, deep inside, I'm not a happy. I'm not a happy man. This is what my I want my life to be about. So, just I want to keep writing, keep developing. And you know, keep finding out ways to convey people's emotions. I want to be able to convey an emotion that's specific to people. Do you get know what I mean? Like, right. not things that are general. I want to be able to write about things that you like. How does he know that? You know, there's even I think Drake has that, and I know I mean, we mention Drake all the time now, but Drake has that. You know, the caption moments. But I don't want to do it for the caption. I want to do it for the feeling to help you right. feel like there's that so inspires many- the caption. There's a reason why. Hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. So even the like deserve you more. There's so many guys mm-hmm. that, or even women too, who are in that same position where it's like, I I feel this jealousy over this person that's not mine, and I feel like I'm the best person for them, but they might never notice that, you know. So mm-hmm. I want to continue doing that, being that for for our generation, you know. As things yeah. people start to move away from having feelings, I want to be able to bring them back, you know. Hundred percent, or force them to acknowledge the feelings that they don't say out loud. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and be the source that they have. Well, well, thank you, man, for you know taking the time and sitting with me to have this conversation. Um, I'm super excited for uh, just the work that you're doing, the music that you're putting out. I, I, I am seeing and hearing the growth as well, um, and it's beautiful. I think your approach to your to your to your craft and i hope that you know anybody who's listening to this you know really kind of taps into that as well and understands that and you know takes it to whatever they are doing because you know i think this creative path isn't really is never easy it's uh it is a lot of uh it's an uphill battle and i think a lot of people don't really recognize that you know they only see the celebration they don't see the grind the hard work the doubt um you know the changes um so uh, really happy for you. Excited for you know your project, uh, love songs for no um, for no one. Uh, everybody, go check it out, man. I'm not just saying this because he's on the podcast, man. Like it's it's beautiful. It's a dope, dope project, and um, I think it taps into feelings that uh, that we all know and are familiar with. And whether or not it's present for you, I think it's something that uh, uh, we should kind of hear more of. We should listen. To, I think we should really be listening to more of that. For our generation, you know, and not, you know, you know, a little less uh, uh, Chris Brown. Or do I love Chris Brown? Cause I wanna feel every, every emotion
that's the episode guys thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed the episode um i guess my major takeaway from the whole conversation really would be once you identify your calling pick up the phone now we're not saying drop everything that you're doing put yourself into debt sacrifice relationships or all of those kind of things um just to get you know just to go on that path no um, but I think there's a healthy balance. I think there's a there's a there's an acknowledgement that you owe yourself to at least exploring where that can take you. And I feel like, you know, growing up as uh, Nigerians in certain communities, it's almost like you know, take the short thing, take the the typical route. And for some of us, that makes the most sense. Um, for some of us, you know, there might be other things that tug at you and. Even if you don't ultimately end up doing that with your life, I think it adds character to the person that you are. I think it um, provides another layer to, to, to what you might be doing, you know, which is a completely different field in a few years. Um, we really don't know uh, where life takes us, but when these opportunities present themselves, when these things tug at you, you have to do what you can to explore it. For him, he's uh, taking a full leap, and I commend him for that because... That's not something that's easy to do. Contrary to popular thinking, um, it's not the easy way out. I want to show you that like a lot of these people who are taking these steps and taking these leaps do not believe that this is just going to be the guarantee and the sure thing. They understand the risk that they're taking. Um, so it's all the more commendable to me when they take that shot and they take that chance. I guess that's my message. Um, you know, if you have a calling, pick up the phone. You can share your feedback by writing to two takes on a pod at gmail.com. That's T W O T A K E S and a pod at gmail.com. You can also follow me on social media at two takes on a pod on Twitter and Instagram. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can find this wherever you find podcasts. And while you're there, show us some love and give this five stars. This has been two takes on a pod. Thank you for listening. Peace.